teams are taking stands against star players, particularly the Philadelphia 76ers and the Brooklyn Nets, does New Orleans maybe need to consider doing the same to a certain degree? Plus, preseason wasn't that bad for New Orleans, despite the record. We'll get into specifically why. And there are ways for the Pelicans to upgrade the roster. We're going to talk about one big one coming up in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's do this. You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with y'all on this Wednesday show, and we've got a lot to cover, but before we get into all of the big topics, thank you very much for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen every single day. We are free and available five days a week for y'all breaking down everything you want to know around Zion, Brandon Ingram, the Pelicans, and the NBA. So thank you very much for tuning in. So in today's show, we're going to kind of go all over the place. Preseason is done for New Orleans. It didn't go particularly well. But once you start to dive into some of the numbers and see how this team can improve, I don't think it was a disaster like a lot of people were really kind of looking at it as. We'll talk about why in the second segment of today's show. In the third segment, we're going to also look at how they can use a traded player exception a big one, $17 million, to try and upgrade their roster during the year to become a better team. But first, I want to talk about teams taking a stand against star players, particularly Ben Simmons and Kyrie Irving. And so this is important, and it relates to New Orleans, because look, as I talked about yesterday, Zion has some frustration with the team. He doesn't necessarily trust some of the medical staff and things like that, as well as you'd like him to do. And given a guy like Aaron Nelson's track record, who's kind of the head medical person, trainer, whatever you want to call him here in New Orleans, you'd think he should, but he isn't. And you usually need to kind of give stars what they want. And the Pelicans have kind of done that, right? We had heard the reporting that they kind of hit an injury in the bubble because his family didn't want it out there. They're letting him maybe kind of have more leeway than you'd like to see. The star player kind of makes sense. But you're starting to see that maybe kind of get pushed back a little bit. And I think Philadelphia and the Nets uh, and Brooklyn are really good examples of why. You saw uh, Ben Simmons try and force his way out of the Philadelphia 76ers to go basically anywhere else, but ideally to one of his like preferred teams, whatever those were. It didn't work out, and now he just kind of showed He showed up to their game last night. They played the other night or two nights ago now, and he just showed up and didn't tell anyone he was going to show up, which is kind of incredible when you think about it. He just like went to the arena. They wouldn't let him in without taking a COVID test, so he took, took a COVID test. It's kind of crazy, but that worked because... Daryl Morey and the Philadelphia 76ers didn't give in to his demands and trade him when his value was the lowest. They stood strong. They fined him, you know, which would greatly upset him and clearly had an impact of not making, you know, his money and missing out on $300,000 game checks and so on and so forth. And it worked. And that's what they needed to do. Looking at that, there's no other way of saying, like, they did a really good job. I was kind of of the mindset of, you got to trade him. This is only going to get worse. But they kind of had a plan, a strategy. They stuck to it and it worked. And then you look at, Kyrie Irving and the Nets with Kyrie trying to be a part-time player 
you this is not about whether or not he wants to or should be vaccinated any of that look these are this is the situation he can't play home games so the nets could have him for part of the year for away games but not home games it was it did come out that he would have been allowed to practice with the team at home but the nets and gm bobby marks came out and said nah like we're we're not going to do this or sorry sean marks said we're not going to do this we're not going to have a part-time player you're either all the way in or you're all the way out and it was the right stand to take. They just said he's not going to play even home games, or sorry, away games with the Brooklyn Nets because they're trying to build team chemistry. They're trying to build a culture. They're trying to build a team. And it doesn't work with guys who are part-time players, who are only partially committed. Well, it remains to be seen a little bit how Ben Simmons works out with the Philadelphia 76ers, and almost certainly they're still going to try and trade him. But you've got to kind of applaud both teams for taking this stand. And it could back, you know, it's things that could backfire. I see somewhat of a parallel here with New Orleans where if, look, Zion is is a little bit distrustful of the medical staff and of the team because of they handled their his bursts and other things like that and his return to play before and kind of wants to do things his way. That's fine to a certain extent until it potentially causes ramifications for the team. Not going to any of the team workouts because he doesn't trust the team. It hurts your team chemistry. They're voluntary. It's not quite the same as the situation with Kyrie Irving, but you'd like to see it. And if he's not doing the right workouts he needs to be doing with the team right now that are kind of team mandated, as sympathetic as I am to it's his body and we talked about it in today's show a certain point like you just got to kind of do your job and this is what they're saying when it comes to medical stuff it's a little bit rehabbing injury and things like that it's a little bit different I think but the ultimate point with Kyrie Irving is they want someone who's all the way in who's totally committed and right now I, I can't say for certain that Zion is that he is all the way committed I don't think you know, I think there's potential that he's not. I also think he could be. I don't think we have enough information and context to say either way. And that's kind of an important thing to have in mind with all of this. So because of that, I think New Orleans really needs to monitor it this year. And if it looks like he's not all the way in, you're going to need to kind of take a line in the sand, draw a line in the sand against Zion and really kind of force him to be more of a part of the team than he was, say, this offseason. Because that's how you're going to win basketball games. I don't think New Orleans and the Pelicans and Zion are anywhere near a situation like this with the Kyrie Irving stuff with uh, Kyrie Irving situation or a Ben Simmons situation, but it's something to kind of monitor. And look, if Zion gets ramped up and is ready to go on opening night and plays well, like this kind of all goes away. If he has a good year and the Pelicans make the playoffs, no one's going to really care. But if they're faltering and we can find some of the blame or feel comfortable putting some of the blame on him, I'm not there yet of missing things, of not kind of being the right type of professional that he should be, yeah, he's going to need criticism for that. And I think that's something the team's really going to have to look at and be like, what what do we do here? But you're starting to see teams push back on this. Two high-profile teams that had some more leverage than maybe the Pelicans do on Zion Williamson in different situations and circumstances. But I think it's definitely worth keeping an eye on are you frustrated with the kind of the stuff around zion would you try and be forcing his hand as much as possible let me know in the comments below on youtube so coming up next let's talk about the pelicans preseason i got some of the numbers here for you it wasn't as bad as you would think and i'll explain why and i think things could actually get righted a little bit quicker and it starts with the turnover battle and we'll get into that coming up here next in today's episode of locked on pelicans before we do that though today's episode of locked on pelicans is brought to you by the sweat block antiperspirant wipes 
The there's a couple of things that just aren't fun to talk about, and excessive sweating is one of them. You know, when you're basically sweating through your shirt for like no reason. It's not even that hot. You're just just going, man. Just wet everywhere, and it's terrible. I've dealt with this before. I talk a lot when I'm in presentations. I get kind of nervous. I'm sweating. Like the last thing you want to deal with is like sweaty pits that you're you're kind of self-conscious about. You know, you don't want to be at a wedding when that's the case. God forbid on a date, something like that. So that's why I use the sweat block antiperspirant wipes. Sweat block is more is stronger and more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. You simply apply it at night before bedtime, go to sleep. Next morning you wake up, wash up, go about your day without needing to worry about sweat. And it's guaranteed. These things are doctor created, doctor recommended, and they work for up to seven days per use. Once a week, that's all you need to do, and you don't need to worry about excessive sweating at all. And they have the dry shirt guarantee. If sweat block doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. It's really as simple as that. These things have been tested by firefighters. They have 13,000 five-star reviews on Amazon. And right now, they're currently the number one bestseller in the Amazon antiperspirant category. It's been tested Everywhere, you've got the reviews that back it all up. So to give the Sweatblock antiperspirant wipes a try and to stop dealing with excessive sweating once and for all, you can go to sweatblock.com, use our promo code Locked On. You're going to get 20% off, again, at sweatblock.com, or you can get them at Amazon or CVS. All right, thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen every single day. Now, for your second listen, Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Josh Lloyd hosts the number one daily fantasy basketball show on the planet. It's free, available on all platforms as you gear up for the draft. Who do you start? Who do you sit? Josh Lloyd and Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to be your go-to person. So the Pelicans just wrapped up their preseason. They went one in three. It looked kind of bad outside of like one game against the Orlando Magic. You know, you had up and down performances from Nikhil. The defense didn't look particularly great at times. They turned the ball over way too much. There's a number of things. We talked about it, right? But I do think some of these things are pretty easy to get fixed. And I think some of these things are just kind of indicative of this team not having Zion and Brandon Ingram in preseason. So a couple of things I wanted to kind of dive into. First and foremost, their defensive rating. It wasn't one of the worst in the league during this time. There's more games to be played, so this can kind of fluctuate a little bit. Their defensive rating ranked 21st. So you're in the bottom third, but just barely in the bottom third. I think there's some optimism there when it comes to that. You know, they turned the ball over a lot, it felt like, but they ranked 15th in terms of turnover percentage. So they weren't the worst team when it came to that. They weren't even the worst when it came to giving up threes or three-point percentage. Frankly, their three-point percentage, when you kind of look at it in the context of all these other teams in preseason, for opponent three-point percentage, what they're giving up, was kind of good. They struggled in in two real Areas And this is something that I do think gets fixed with Zion and Brandon Ingram. And these are areas that kind of compound on themselves. So first and foremost, they gave up too many points off turnovers. They're 27th in the league, giving up almost 24 points per game off of their turnovers. Live ball turnovers turning into easy, fast break opportunities for the opponent. A lot of this happened because you don't have Zion out there. You don't have Brandon Ingram out there. Guys that aren't going to turn the ball over that you can make simple entry passes to, like to Zion, and things are fine. Billy Hernan Gomez's hands were not great in preseason. That led to a lot of turnovers, a lot of fast breaks for the opponent. Simply getting Zion in there really eliminates a lot of this. It allows Nikhil to not turn the ball over as much because he doesn't need to be the number one or two option. Same for Devontae Graham. They can kind of fill their roles a little bit better. And there you go. It cuts down on turnovers. So you're not having empty possessions. So it's elevating your offense because of that. Obviously, it's Zion. 
and it means you're not giving up easy fast break points. The fast break point numbers that New Orleans gave up in the preseason is basically just as bad, almost 16 per game. That's 24th. Those come off of those live ball turnovers, the bad passes, the guys trying to force things a little bit too much, missing shots. All of that should improve. That's going to help the defense. It's going to help the offense. So when you look at this team and their net rating, and it's like, oh, it wasn't actually terrible right now. Well, that should make you kind of optimistic, I think, for what this team could look like during the regular season when they're healthy. Again, is Zion going to play on opening night? Is he going to be rusty? Are these guys going to know how to get him the ball in spots that he likes? Some of them will. Nikhil should. Brandon Ingram should, but the rest of the guys might take some time to kind of figure out how to play with him. So I think you'll see the beginning of the season kind of function as preseason in a sense for New Orleans. If you look at the preseason they just played as training camp, more or less, that's going to lead to some struggles. But once they start to kind of figure it out, this team's offense should still be really good. And you can see why they would be improved on the defensive side of the ball as well. So when I look at preseason, start to dive into the numbers and I start watching the turnovers, things like that. Yeah, it's going to make them look bad right now, but I do think those are things that can be fixed and improved upon. And if they do that, and if they cut down some of those opponent points off turnovers, if they cut down some of those fast break opportunities with misses and turnovers as well, they're going to be a significantly better team. And I don't think it takes a ton. And when you look at it again, their turnover percentage, right? It's not like they were leading the league in turnover percentage right now. You know, that's Portland Trailblazers. That's the Houston Rockets that are doing that in the 20s right now. Pelicans are turning it over on 17% of their possessions. Yeah, that's too high and not what you want to see, but it's not a number that can't come down, and it's not nearly as egregious as some of the other teams that we've seen during this time. And I think that's going to help them get better. They were they turned the ball over way less last season. It's preseason, you're figuring things out. I think they can probably get that number into a spot that's significantly more manageable. And if they do, they're going to be I think a much better team this year and it's going to help them both offensively and defensively. So coming up, how do they actually improve the roster during the season? They're a little bit limited, but they have one big thing and we'll talk about some of the players potentially, potentially that could fill that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Before we get to that, though, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans brought to you by Built Bar. Do you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? There's something for everyone. And when you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their favorites. I love the mint brownie. I love the double chocolate. I have the Rocky Road flavor. I have the churro puff bars, which are a special limited time flavor right now. And if you want to figure out what your favorite Built Bar flavor is, you can get a mixed box where you're going to get two of each of the nine different flavors that they have, and you can figure out which one you love the most. And these things are healthy for you. Not only are they the best tasting, but they're healthy as well. 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories between 130 and 180, only 4 to 5 grams sugar, only 4 to 5 grams net carbs. Seriously, compare them to the protein bar you're eating right now. These are just as good, if not better, and they taste better. Doesn't need to be a gourmet meal, but you don't need to struggle through eating one of these things. You may as well make it somewhat enjoyable. You can do that with a Built Bar. So go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you're going to get 15% off your next order. Again, that is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off over at Built.com. All right, thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen every single day. Free 
and available five days a week for you all. And now for your second listen, Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Get ready for the year to win your league. Host Josh Lloyd is the best expert probably in the world when it comes to fantasy basketball. You've got to make it your second listen so that you can win that money and the bragging rights over your friends. So we just talked about how I don't think things are as bad for New Orleans necessarily as what the preseason looked like. But there's ways for them to also improve the roster. They're a little bit limited. That trade for Devontae Graham where they sent out their own first-round pick, lottery protected next year, means they can't trade that pick, and they can't trade the pick the year after that either. So they can't really include upcoming in the next like year or two first-round picks in any trade during the season. You can include other ones, however, and maybe the Pelicans are able to do that, but I don't want to look at those too much. The big thing that they have to try and bring someone in is kind of, in a sense, a salary dump. They have what's called a traded player exception. This came out of the deal for Steven Adams, Valanciunas, Eric Bledsoe, and all of that. Basically, what it means is the Pelicans kind of have a slot, like a salary slot, where they could take in up to $17 million. That can be divided between multiple players. You could use that on a free agent signing. You can use it on a trade where you send out like a second round pick. That team trades you a player and you just absorb it into that salary traded player exception. Normally, you need to match salaries. So if you want to bring back $17 million, you need to send out $17 million. Because of this, the Pelicans don't need to do that. And they're so far away from the luxury tax and things like that that they're not really worried about that here. So they can just basically bring in $17 million. They'll need to cut someone. They might need to move someone else or create a lopsided deal where you send out two, bring one back, whatever. Now, this is not something that can kind of be combined with another trade. It's basically you just absorb a player and it's kind of that simple. It's not like multiple players are used this to kind of make weight of trying to bring back a guy that's $30 million, anything like that. Basically, you just absorb up to $17 million. And that's a way that the Pelicans can improve their roster. This was used last year by the Boston Celtics. They had a big one from Gordon Hayward and shipping him out to Charlotte. And they use that to bring in a guy like Evan Fournier, who's now with the New York Knicks. So guys that fit into this, in this range, you know, Fournier's kind of at the top of the list. I don't think that's going to be a realistic thing, but he makes $17 million. You look at the names of some of these other guys. There's Gary Trent Jr., that's a guy from the Toronto Raptors, I think, makes some sense there. There's Davis Bertons from the Washington Wizards, a three-point shooting wing that maybe the Pelicans want to move beyond more to two to try and shore up some of that kind of guard rotation. And then you run him there to be kind of that three-point scoring specialist. He's a walking heat check, as just described by Zach Lowe. You have other guys out there, too, that could make some sense. If the Denver Nuggets are a little bit worried about the luxury tax and all of the money they're spending, they could ship out a guy like Will Barton who makes $15.5 million. And then there's two players, I think, on the Spurs that are really intriguing. And should they decide they kind of want to just blow it up and do something completely differently, what about a guy like Deontay Murray or Derek White? Both guards that can kind of play the point, that do other things well. Um, White's a very good defender. Murray's a very good rebounder. Both kind of in the $15 million to $15.5 million range. Those are some names, I think, to kind of keep a little bit of an eye on. You know, even a guy like Doug McDermott in San Antonio as well, $13.75 million. Or Joe Ingles would fit into that. Should the Utah Jazz decide they aren't quite where they want, they need to shed some salary. So there's options, I think, for New Orleans to try and kind of go that route to a certain degree. Maybe even Robert Covington if they want some defense, something like that. 
there's options for them to kind of bring some of those guys in and absorb them into the traded player exception for that was created in that trade. It's an option. I don't necessarily know if this is going to get used. Certainly, New Orleans needs to upgrade the roster, I think, a little bit as the season goes on. This is probably their biggest, like, literally and figuratively way that they have to go about doing that. It's something to kind of keep an eye on as teams start to kind of establish themselves in the early part of the year. Are teams kind of, are things not going the way they want? Do the Portland Trailblazers look like they need to blow it up? There might be some players that are kind of ripe for the picking to bring into this, and you can use some of those additional first round picks that they have from the Lakers from the Bucks to try and sweeten a deal and make this happen. But that's going to probably be the biggest way for the Pelicans to try and upgrade their roster, at least in the early part of the season leading into the trade deadline. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Pelicans. Thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen every single day. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. And I'll be back with you all tomorrow.